I'm going to just pray. And let's just take a time uh, just to seek the Lord and see what He wants to say to us uh, through this series. Pastor Joy preached an excellent message uh, last week. And, um, and so this is kind of a follow-up on that a little bit. And so let's just, let's just thank God. God, we just say thank you, God. We thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that, Father, that you're for us. God, we thank you that, Lord, that, that this is the, that you're the reason for the season. And, Lord, uh, aside from, God, all of the holiday stress, God, aside from all of the things that, that try to uh, take precedence over us, focusing on you, Lord, we just thank you. I speak, I speak peace and joy over your sons and your daughters in the name of Jesus. God, that we wouldn't walk in stress. God, that we wouldn't have all of the, the things that try to pull at us and pull at our attention. But God, that we would truly be able to joy, enjoy you, enjoy our family, and enjoy the gifts and the treasures that you've given us, which aren't wrapped under a, under a tree, God. And Lord, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I like what the linebacker says, and this has nothing to do with this. He says, it's not about presence under a tree, it's about God's presence with us. Amen? All right. So we're, we're doing this sermon series called, Do You See What I See? Big fat question mark. And my resounding answer is no. <laughs> no, we do not. We do not see the way God sees. We do not, see, we actually see a lot differently than the way God sees things. And we see things a lot differently than the way that, that God would even want us to see them. So we're going to be starting our scripture today out of 2 Kings chapter 6. So if you got a smartphone or a tablet, we do have a live event. You can follow right along. Type in, uh, if you don't have version, download that thing. It's one of the best Bible apps. I know there's other ones. It's the one that I, you know, they don't pay me to, to advertise it. But I just think it's amazing. And we utilize it just about every single week. And you'll have all of the notes right on there. So, And if not, you can follow right along. If you're not tech savvy, you're still pen and paper person, that's cool. We still love you. Everything's going to be on the screens. So, how many of you guys actually bring their, your, your real leather-bound Bible? Raise, your, raise that Bible up. Swing that piece around. You got it. Come on, show it off like, you, like, like you're proud. And yeah, there you go. Now, if you're new school, go ahead. You know you got your phone. You got, come on. See, look at that. Look at, look at, you know what? Look at, there's more phones, phone Bibles in here now than there are leather-bound. And I was trying to get my tablet working. I must have not charged it last night. So here we go. We're going to read 2 Kings chapter 6. If you've never uh, heard of this account in 2 Kings, I'm telling you, this is amazing. It's one of my favorite accounts of the prophet Elijah. And so here, we're going to read a few verses here, so you can go follow right along on the screens. 2 Kings chapter 6, we're going, to, we're going to start in verse 8. And this is what it says. It says, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel... He would confer with his officers, saying, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, say man of God. I love it when God just emphasizes who his, who his people are. Elisha, the man of God, man, I love it, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officials together and demanded, Which of you is a traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord the king. One of us officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Wow. Go and find out where he is, the king demanded. 
so that I can send troops to seize him. Then the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army, say great army, great army. Okay. with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there are on theirs. Come on, somebody say amen. That's where we get the scripture, there is more that are for us than those that are against us. This is just a different translation. I love this part, it's my favorite part. Then Elisha prayed. Man, this is my prayer for every person in this place. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Say chariots of fire. Come on. At the, ar- at the army, in, uh, army advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness. And Elisha had asked, or excuse me, as Elijah had asked, then Elisha went out and told them, you, You've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city. Are, are you seeing this? Are, are you catching this? This prophet is leading a whole army out of the city that have chariots that have come to the city to get him and kill him. And he's leading the whole army away from the city. Incredible. Sorry, I, this is incredible. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. When... The king of Israel saw them. He shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do not kill prisoners of war. Give them food and drink and send them home again to their masters. So the king made a great feast for them. Come on, where it says, Come on, I'll make a feast in the presence of my enemies. Are you getting this? Come on. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Armenian raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Come on. I get excited about stuff like this. This is amazing. can't believe you guys aren't like jumping out of your seats like, woohoo! See what God can do? Come on. Number one, you ready for this? The Lord has a word for you today. Number one, God wants to share with you His secrets. God wants to share with you His secrets. The people that were, that were at the king's uh, court, when, when the king was... Uh, saying one of them was a traitor, they said, even when you're in your bedroom, God is telling Elisha your secrets. Come on, friends. God wants to share with you His secrets. Secrets about yourself. Secret about the enemy and his tactics. Secrets about your future, his kingdom, what he's doing. Come on. Secrets about the plans that he has for, for this city. Come on. This is why he would even say, he would even tell the prophets, he would say, I'm about to, I'm about, I'm about to show you something that's going to cause all the ears to tingle. He's going to share secrets. That's the one thing I love about intercessors. Any intercessors in the house? Raise your hand if you know you're called to be an intercessor. If you don't know what an intercessor is, that's a prayer warrior. That's a person that's called to pray and seek the face of God and, and contend for the things of God, for the people of God. And so I love intercessors because intercessors have this one little word, insight. 
Intercessors have insight. If you want to, if you want to have insight, you need to start being a prayer warrior, friend. You need to start pressing into that prayer time. Because this is what I know. I know this. I know that there were times that God would even share his secrets with John. And John, how many of us know in the book of Revelation that he would say, okay, don't write this down. This is a secret. We can't share this. There were times that God would speak to Paul and say, okay, I, I can't, don't share this with the people that you're about to write this letter to. And, and Paul would even say that the Lord won't permit me to share this with you yet. Or not at all, ever. What's that? I don't know about you, but there's a point when you come into a relationship with a person that you begin to share secrets or intimate things with them. The Lord wants to share His secrets with you. Psalms 103 verse 7 says this. It says, uh, it says that Moses knew the ways of the Lord, but Israel knew the works. And this is what it says. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. Another, another way it would be say was He would know His ways, His, Moses knew His ways, but Israel only knew the works. Israel only knew what God did. Moses knew who God was. Moses knew the character of God. Israel knew what he did. See, many of us would know, we know the, the statics or, or the statistics of LeBron James, but only his players know the character of LeBron James. Okay? In the same, in the same context, Moses knew the very things of God. He knew the ways of God. But Israel only knew the things that God did. Israel knew the works, Moses knew the ways. Friends, we sing this song, I'm a friend of God, and I absolutely love that song. And we need to sing it again soon. But let me tell you this. Listen to me, friend. You are not God's friend if He doesn't share you with you His secrets. You're not His friend. You might be His son, you might be His daughter, you might be His servant, but friends, I keep my secrets from my kids. There's one person I share my secrets with that's my wife. See? You might be his son, you might be his daughter, but friends, if he's not sharing his secrets with you, then you're not his friend. Come on, are you guys getting this? See, the Lord is calling, do you see what I see? The Lord is calling us to a place to, of intimacy with him like we've never had before. And not this surfacey type of thing. Well, if God shares his secrets, they are good. This is what it says, and I don't know about you, but this is what I want right here. Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says this. It says, God shares His plans with the prophets. His secrets with the prophets. Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Surely the Sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing His plans to His servants, the prophets. Do you want to know the plans of the Lord? Come on, you got to have an ear to hear. You want to be a, you want to be a friend of God. You want to be somebody that... God shares his secrets with. See, Numbers chapter 11 and verse 29, because see, some are like, well, only some are called to be prophets, and only some are called to... No, friends. Back in Numbers chapter chapter 11, verse 29, this is what Moses said, because see, Joshua was jealous that the Spirit of God was being poured out on 70 others, and not just on Moses. And this is what Moses said. Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them all. Obviously, He was prophesying the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But He said, I wish all were prophets. Paul says in the the New Testament, I wish all would prophesy. 
Of course, he's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. But the Lord's heart is that you would know his secrets. Come on, somebody. The Lord's heart is that you would know the intimate things of God, that he would share with you what he's doing, that he would share with you what's going on. Friends, I guarantee you, many of us wouldn't walk through life obliviously if we knew what God was doing. Because we could join with him what he's doing. How can you do the will of the Lord if you don't know what he's doing? How can you join with God's work if you don't know where he's working at? (laughs) Some of y'all ain't getting this today. It's all right. Friends, Jesus tore the veil so that we could speak to God face to face like Moses. Not for us to stay in the outer court. This is what's amazing. What's amazing is that the Spirit of the Lord would speak this word and even share it through Pastor Dorinthia about the outer court, not knowing I was going to be talking about this. Can you put that uh, picture up? This is, if you don't know what the, what we're talking about, we're talking about, see, back in, back in, um, in Jesus' time, they had, I mean, all the way back in Solomon's time, Solomon built a temple and all, it got destroyed and all this other stuff. And so then they rebuilt the temple when, when, um, King Herod was, was, was over Israel. And so this is, this is an outline of what the temple would look like. So you have the outer court that the Gentiles were only allowed to go in. See that? It's a point in there. It says, court of the Gentiles. They were only allowed on the outside. But see, for them, they're like, we got in, at least we got inside. We're, even though we're on the outside. And then they had what was called, uh, they had the, the court of Israel, which was, which was kind of the inner, inner court, which that's where all the Israel, that's where all Israel could go if you were, if you were Jewish. And so I don't know if you see all these buildings and all this stuff in there. That's where Jesus threw out the money changers and, 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 and drived out all the people because that's where they would sell and, and exchange money for gold and all of the, all of the stuff that they would have to sacrifice. And then you see that building in the middle up at the top? That was called the holy place. Now inside that building was a place that was called the most holy place. The most holy place was the place where, where they would have what was called, um, the, the Ark of the Tabernacle. And, 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 and on the other, and, and what separated that from the people was this huge thing. It was a huge curtain, looked something like that, and it was called a veil. And it was probably about as thick as that. It wasn't like a little, uh, uh, you know, window skirt or something real thin or, or a piece of what they call that, the cheesecloth. No, I mean, this thing was super thick. And so it separated because when the glory, like, like what Pastor Dorothy would say, when the glory of God came into the most holy place, it has stayed there because, because the presence of the Lord, come on, is so holy that if people that are not right with Him, come on, it would touch them, they would die. So they had to, so they had to close off the holy place and the high priest would only go in there once a year to make atonement for the sins of Israel. Well, guess what? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, when He, I don't know if you guys remember the story, but the place was shaken and the veil was torn and it was ripped in half. God was just declaring, friends, I'm, I'm giving you access again. He didn't just die so that you can get a beautiful uh, golden ticket and make it into heaven. No, He died because He made a way for us to enter into that place and be with Him again. Too many people are satisfied with their, with their ticket to heaven when Jesus paid the price and created a path for us to walk with Him in the garden again. Just like in the beginning. And He did this through, the, through His blood. And friends, when He did that, He extinguished the fiery sword that separates us from His presence. Back in the new, back in the Old Testament, uh, in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, God had an angel with a flaming sword that kept them from the Garden of Eden. Well, guess what? 
Friends, when Jesus Christ, when He purchased it on His blood, His blood extinguished that fiery, flaming sword for us to have access and walk with Him in the cool of the day again. Come on! Come on! That's what He wants for you. That's what He wants for me. That's what He wants from His bride, from His sons and His daughters, that we would walk with Him. And His blood extinguished that flaming sword. Why? That flaming sword would kill. You ain't going back into the Garden of Eden and eating of the tree of fruit. The tree of life. Friends, the Lord has given you access to eat from that tree again. Are you accessing the things of God today? Are you accessing what He has made available to you? Are you accessing what He wants to do in and through you? Come on, we're going deep today. That's all right. But see, some of us, we've been surfaced for too long. We're too afraid of the deep end. we got our floaties on and we don't want to go downwards. But I'm telling you, the thing about the deep end, it's a whole lot more fun. You can flip, you can jump, you can, you can do, you can slide down the slide, you can go on, on. If you want to play in the puddles, have fun. Play in the puddles. But I don't want to play in the puddles. I want to go in the deep end. <laughs> Come on, I don't go, I don't go to the, uh, to the, to the pool to play in the kiddie pool. But too many Christians are playing in the, in the kiddie pool. Playing in the kiddie pool. Number two. God wants you to see beyond yourself. I know Pastor Joy preached this last week. It was so good. I had to preach it again. God wants us to see beyond our own circumstances. God wants us to see beyond our own what we're going through. And let me tell you, I felt the Spirit of the Lord highlight this again. And let me tell you, if God says something twice, it means that there's a reason for it. I didn't try to mock what Joy was saying when the Lord dropped this into my spirit when I was preparing this message. Again, that we, that He wants, God wants us to see beyond ourselves, Beyond our circumstances, beyond our trials, beyond the things that are right in front of us. Friends, most of us cannot see past our own noses because the majority of our focus is on us. On our circumstances, on our current struggle. Friends, we cannot see what He sees when we are focused on ourselves. Friends, we cannot see what He sees when our focus is short-sighted. God prophetically named this body of believers vision and every other body of believers that Joy and I may oversee. Because why? Because there are too many people that are short-sighted and nearsighted in this, in, in the spirit. Too many people that can't see past themselves. The Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Maybe that's why God planted vision in South Toledo to stop people from perishing. Come on. God don't just God don't just do stuff because because he's bored. God does stuff on purpose. People are short-sighted. My prayer is that Lord he would give eyes to those to see. Matthew chapter 13 verse 15 says this. This is what he says. He says for the people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and I will heal them. Friends, that's the heart of God for us, that we would have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts that would understand, and that we would turn from our ways. And friends, He'll heal you. He'll heal our land. He'll heal your families. Heal your marriages. Come on, He'll heal brokenness. Problem is, is we don't turn. We continue going down the exact same path and expect God to do something. No. 
We gotta turn, we gotta turn, turn from our sinful ways, turn from our selfishness, friends. Can we just stop being so selfish? 100% of our problem is ourselves. 100% of your problem is you. <laughs> it's not other people, you can blame everybody till you're blue in the face. Your problem is you. You're your own worst enemy. Well, my mama did this and my daddy did that. Yeah, it's okay. Everybody's mama did this and everybody's daddy did that. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it seems like some of the greatest men and women of God are ones that didn't have support when they were growing up. They all have a story. Come on, are you going to be an overcomer? Are you going to be a victor? Are you going to be a victim? There's a lot of victims out here. I'm not seeing many victors. But the Lord has given you the power of victory in you. Untapped. God is good. Friends, it's all about perspective. The servant saw a problem, well, the prophet saw potential. The servant saw all of the, all of the, the chariots and all of the Armenian king's army. And he's like, Lord, what are we going to do? But Elijah saw what God wanted to do. And what did he say? Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. And what did he see? He saw that there were more that were for him than more that were against him. Amen. And, and Elisha, because he prophets, they have that insight, knew that God was going to use that as an opportunity for his name to get glory. Who would have thought he would take a whole army, take them to some place uh, where they didn't want to go, and then save their lives, and then treat them good and send them back? It's amazing. Some people look at that, oh, problem, man, I'm surrounded by the enemy. I'm surrounded by debt. I'm surrounded by, I'm surrounded by poverty. Open your eyes that you can see. God sees so much potential. Don't you know that those that are for you are more than those that are against you? Come on. Come on, there are angels that have been sent specifically to minister to you. God thinks you're important enough to protect you from being onslaught by the enemy. Some of y'all ain't getting this. It's all good though. Too many people see life through their lack with it, instead of seeing, seeing life through the lenses of love. Friends, moved with compassion, Jesus extended His hands to heal. Moved with compassion. Friends, love and compassion creates an opportunity for a miracle. When you are moved with compassion, but see, but when you're, if we're too st- stuck on ourselves, if our, if our focus is continually on us, then friends, you can't be moved with compassion. You can't be moved with love towards others because your, your attention is fully, uh, inward focused. But friends, when you can have eyes to see, you get our eyes off ourselves, and you can see, man, there's hurting people all around us. Being moved with, with compassion, God can use you in a miraculous way. The Bible says that, that Jesus moved with compassion, laid his hands on the sick and healed them. Compassion is a, is a, is an element, is a great motivator for God to do a miracle. Creates an opportunity for God's supernatural provision. Because when you have compassion on someone, you see somebody's hurting, then what do you do? Most people that I know in this city, if they give, they give out of their poverty, not out of their prosperity. And what does that do? That sets them up for God to take care of them. See, there was this man of God, this prophetic man of God that told me this and told me this about our ministry, and I I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. See, if we come to the Lord with a closed fist, God can't fill it. Because we're holding on. 
But friends, let me tell you this. If we come before the Lord with an open hand, and then He puts it in there. See, when your hand's closed, you can't put nothing in it. Right? I don't got nothing. Here, let me think here. Here. Pastor, close your hand. Put it out there. She, she can't. She can't take that. See that? Now, if we come before the Lord with an open hand, I can receive what the Lord has for me. But see, this is what the Lord wants to do. And this is, this is where people get a problem. See, when God puts it in your hand, what you do is you close your hand. Wow. Y'all need to pay attention to this. Some of y'all are going to need some revelation. When the Lord places it in your hand, He places it in your hand for you to give it away. And your hand stays open. And then what does He do? He's going to put it in your hand again, and you're going to give it away. And your hand stays open. He's going to place it in your hand, you give it away. Come on. That's, come on, that's a problem with most people. Is the Lord can't give you your hands closed, or the Lord can't give you because when He gives you, you hold on to it. But friends, if you come before the Lord always with an open hand, He's going to give it to you. You give it away. He's going to give it to you. You give it away. He's going to give it to you. You give it away. And you wonder why, friends, that's walking in the blessing. It's when He's giving it to you, and you give it away. Come on, the Lord spoke prophetically of our church, and that's what He said. He said the vision ministries is a church with an open hand. Because we get it, and we give it away. Come on, this ministry is a prophetic declaration of how each and every one of our lives should be. We should have resource coming from every direction. And we don't even know how to contain it because we're giving it away so fast. Some of y'all need to get this. Come on. Wish I could share with you guys some secrets. I can't share with you. I've got some secrets. I'm just going to share you. i got some secrets, but I can't share them. I was about to, and the Lord's, whoop, shut me up. Friends, if you want to continue to get what you've always got, then you continue to do what you've always done. If you want to continue to get what you've always got, then friends, go ahead. Continue doing what you've always done. Because you'll continue to get what you've always got. Friends, who's willing to rock the boat of being comfortable? <laughs> Come on, somebody needs to rock that, sh- rock that ship, rock that boat. You know, the Lord has really called us to abide in Him. His Word says that if we abide in Him, and His words abide in us, we can ask whatever we desire, it will be given unto us. Why? Because when we're abiding in Him, our desires aren't our desires anymore. It's not like I want to hit the lottery. It's not like I want a new boat. You know, and all those things are fine. But our desires become what He desires. And let me tell you this, this is the most amazing thing about the kingdom of God. It says, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. It says, and all these things will be added unto you. So if you, if you put aside all of your goals and dreams, and you seek first His kingdom, for the majority, the Lord will fulfill those goals and dreams. Why? Because your heart becomes His heart, and He does it the way He wants to do it through you. Maybe not necessarily the way that you thought you were going to be doing it. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5 says this. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear much fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Come on, son of God and woman of God, apart from God, we can do absolutely squat. Can't do zilch. You can try. Have fun. It's going to be unfruitful. A lot of people spinning their wheels, unfruitful. Wonder why, just they can't hold on to stuff. Because they're not abiding in the vine. 
abiding in him. What does that word abiding mean? To abide means to live inside, to dwell inside. He wants his word to live and dwell inside of you, and he wants you to live and dwell inside his presence. When you abide in him, friends, we see with the perspective of the spirit instead of just seeing everything in the natural and physical. The disciples saw, and this is the thing, and we're gonna, I'm gonna do a little correlation here. The difference between what the disciples saw and what Jesus saw. The disciples saw a throne, Jesus saw a cross. The disciples saw power and authority, Jesus saw service and humility. The disciples saw demons cast out, Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning. The disciples saw five loaves, two fish, enough to feed a small family. Jesus saw enough to feed 5,000. The disciples saw a raging storm ready to kill them. Jesus saw an opportunity to take a nap. The disciples saw Jesus setting up his kingdom on earth, setting Israel free. Jesus saw his kingdom reigning in heaven, setting all of mankind free. The disciples saw a sinful woman wasting perfume. Jesus saw an act of worship preparing for his burial. The disciples saw an untouchable Samaritan woman. Jesus saw an evangelist and a soul winner to an entire town. The disciples saw a killer and a persecutor. His name was Saul. Jesus saw a discipler, an apostle. His name was Paul. Friends, even the very disciples that walk with Jesus didn't have right perspective. This is why our whole message is talking about, do you see what I see? Again, with a resounding, no, we don't. All too often we fall short. But it's all right. I love what it says in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8 through 9. It says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Friends, all too often people are trying to make their will the Lord's will. It doesn't work like that. I'm glad it doesn't work like that because my will can really script some things. My will can make a whole heap of mess. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. Friends, understand this. Every time the Lord has something prepared for you, it's always going to be higher and greater than what you thought. Man! Wake up in the name of Jesus. Friends, are you okay with God doing things in your life the way He wants? Or are you going to continue getting in the way and setting yourself back? Too many tell God with their actions, I've got this. I've got this. Trying to figure it out on their own. Wasting Wasting their energy and resources trying to figure it out. Lord just wants you to step out of the way. And allow, you, allow Him to do it the way He wants to do it through your life. Friends, do you see what God sees? God sees expansion. It's time for an alignment of our focus on the things above. And I'm going to end with this, friends. Let me just tell you this. Friends, God's potential is sitting dormant in our lives because we don't see it. There's God potential sitting dormant in your life. And we're not walking in it because we don't see it for ourselves. Would you stand to your feet with me today?
Jeremiah 29, 11, I love it because it's plural. It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not plan. People get stuck on a plan. I got this plan. I got this plan. And you're stuck on it. You're stuck on it. You know that sometimes God changes the plan? That's why He has plans. And sometimes the plan doesn't work the way that we think it is. And then we get all, all bent out of shape. And then we're blaming God because our plan didn't work. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Because sometimes he has to, sometimes the plans hop back and forth a little bit. But see, but that's the thing. That's why we abide in Him when we're resting in Him, when we're staying in alignment with Him. It's just like, you know what, I, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like when we went to the Toledo Zoo a few weekends ago, and there's all of these people, and I've got my little person that's this tall with all these crowd of people, and what am I doing? I'm holding His hand because I'm guiding Him through the crowd. Friends, that's what the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to be right alongside us and guide us through, through the, the difficulties and situations and all the stuff that comes in front of us. Because why? We're at the, we're at the zoo to, to enjoy ourselves. Friends, the Lord really does want you to enjoy your life. Do you know that? He does. He came that we might have peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He came that you might have joy unspeakable. But friends, you can't have it if you're bouncing left and right and trying to figure this thing out. Drive you nuts. Friends, the Lord really wants to open our eyes that we can see clearly and see the way that God sees. The Lord wants to draw us up from a perspective. When you look down, you can see better and clearer than you can when you're face to face with a problem. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, God, that we have this this beautiful picture, God, of, of you, God, preparing this place for us, God, with your blood where you tore the veil. God, where you extinguish the fiery flaming uh, sword so that we could come into that place of intimacy with you. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus, I pray that there would be a holy discontentment in our hearts that we would no longer be satisfied with the outer court in the name of Jesus. God, that we would no longer be satisfied with, 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 the, with the crumbs that fall off of the master's table. God, when you've called us to sit at the master's table, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray an unction in our hearts, God, to draw near to you. Would you give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I declare, God, that every God, uh, spiritual thing that would stop us from having hunger, God, that every, that every uh, inkling of, of, of being satisfied, God, that you would just, God, that you would just, God, so set us free, Lord Jesus, of, 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 of the humdrum of life. God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that there would be this burning inside of us. God, I pray even as the, even as the, uh, Eli, uh, even as Jeremiah the prophet said, it was like a, a fire that shut up in my bones. Holy Spirit, would you be like a fire inside of our hearts? God, that we would want more of you, God. Lord Jesus, that we would not be satisfied. God, that we would want to move forward. God, that we would want to join you with what you're doing. God, thank you that Jesus said that, God, you are always at work and, and I'm going to do what the Father's doing. God, give us that heart. Give us that mindset. Lord, you set, the, you set the standard for us that we could walk in intimacy with the Father now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for releasing every lie of the enemy from our hearts and our minds. God, I thank you for breaking rejection right now in the name of Jesus. Set us free right now. I break rejection by the power of the blood of Jesus now in Jesus' name. Freedom from rejection right now in Jesus' name. Freedom from guilt and shame right now in the name of Jesus. Condemnation, I break you in Jesus' name. Be, be free from condemnation. 
To him who the sun sets free is free indeed. The Lord has freedom for you today, friends. He has freedom for you today. If you're ready to just if you're ready today to just fully yield and surrender, would you just extend your hands forward or up or however in, in, a, in, a, in a manner that just kind of shows the Lord, Lord, I surrender. I'm not, I'm not hiding anything any longer. I'm not going to pretend I got it all together. I'm not going to fake the funk any longer. God, I'm coming before you. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. I want to be in the perfect will of the Lord for my life. I want to have eyes to see. I, want, I need a perspective change, God. Holy Spirit, would you give me a, a spiritual adjustment? I pray right now in the name of Jesus that spiritually it would be like you go walking into, like where you would see uh, everything's kind of blurry, and like you walking into a, a glass doctor, an eye doctor, and him putting like spiritual corrective lenses on your eyes that you could see right now in the name of Jesus, and your eyes would just open up, just like how when the when the when a when the prophet prayed and their eyes were closed and they prayed their eyes were open. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. By the prophetic power, full name of Jesus Christ, that your eyes would be spiritually open now in the name of Jesus. That you would see with a higher perspective, with a deeper level. That you would see with 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 the, uh, without having a tunnel vision or full, or or short sightedness in the spirit and in your mind and in your heart. But that you would see fur, uh, further. That you would see out farther, clearer. That you would have a greater perspective. That the word of Allah of the Lord will come alive in your heart. You would open up the word and it would just, it would powerfully jump off the pages and speak to your life in a very, very real way. I speak this over you and I declare it in the name of Jesus. Tim who has ears, let him hear. Tim who has eyes, let him see. And I pray that your heart would no longer be calloused. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then after that, if you want to, uh, if you need prayer for anything, 